with KSOM, KS95 News. I'm Tom Robinson. Preston police arrested one person for driving while barred and another for failure to appear in court. Police arrested 38-year-old Manuel Luke Richardson of Creston on Wednesday afternoon on a charge of failure to appear. Police transported Richardson to the Union County Jail and held him on a $7,000 bond. In Creston, police arrested 26-year-old Amanda Marie Blakely Lennington of Creston on Tuesday for driving while barred. Officers cited and released her on a promise to appear. Well, fans don't let fans drive drunk, and this is the message being promoted by the Governor's Traffic Safety Bureau and law enforcement partners this Super Bowl weekend. Whether you are hosting a party or attending one, it is crucial to keep drunk drivers off the road to ensure everyone is safe. Law enforcement across Iowa will be reminding football enthusiasts of this important message during the Super Bowl weekend. According to Iowa State Patrol Trooper and District 4 Public Information Officer Shelby McCready, Super Bowl weekend is comparable to a holiday and therefore there will be an increased law enforcement presence on the roadways. Super Bowl Sunday is a celebratory Sunday. Regardless of who you're rooting for, you know, there are parties, there are get-togethers, gatherings with family and friends. And so the message that we want to get out is, you know, essentially fans don't let fans drive drunk because um, we want everybody to stay safe and stay alive during this celebratory weekend. Local, county, and state law enforcement agencies will participate in the CARE operation to monitor and prevent drunk driving. Sunday is a CARE day. It is nationally Um, a CARE operation, which CARE stands for Crash Awareness and Reduction Effort. So the whole purpose of law enforcement on Sunday is to crack down on impaired drivers and dangerous driving behaviors that are going to lead to serious injury or fatal crashes. Over the past five years, an average of eight people died or were seriously injured each week in Iowa in a crash involving an impaired driver. Nationally, about 37 people die in drunk driving crashes each day. You're also going to see an emphasis on impairment. And, um, you know, essentially the best thing I can tell people is to plan ahead. Make sure you have a designated driver or a safe way home, um, you know, and then execute that plan. Don't get to the celebration, decide that you didn't drink as much as you thought you were going to and you're okay to drive home. Those risks aren't worth taking. So establish your plan, follow your plan. And then if you were somebody who was actually a party planner or a party host, you know, and you're having to get together at your house, make sure that you do have plenty of non-alcoholic options for people so that way everybody can enjoy the big day. It's essential to remember that drunk driving can have severe consequences, including the possibility of causing a traumatic crash. Well, the Shelby County Board of Supervisors on Tuesday approved a wind turbine and solar farm moratorium. Mandy Billings has the details. According to the meeting minutes, Shelby County Zoning Director Tony Buman recommended the moratorium until more details can be worked out on the proper conditions and possibly be implemented in county ordinances. The combined resolutions on the moratoriums on wind and solar energy construction state Shelby County has no existing ordinance governing the siting, construction, and operation of commercial wind energy systems and operation of commercial solar energy systems in unincorporated areas of Shelby County, and the county has an interest in protecting the county's infrastructure, natural resources, and property rights through adequate provisions governing the siting, construction, and operation of commercial wind and solar energy systems. The Board of Supervisors will require substantial time to gather information and coordinate with multiple agencies for the purpose of reviewing, updating, or creating ordinances, policies, and procedures 
relative to commercial wind and solar energy systems. Shelby County now imposes a moratorium effective immediately and for a period ending July 1, 2026 on the siting, construction, and operation of commercial wind and solar energy systems for the purpose of drafting and adopting an ordinance regulating commercial wind and solar energy systems. I'm Andy Bellings reporting. Thanks, Mandy. Atlantic School Superintendent Beth Johnson is revisiting the protective safety procedure of the school district. On January 23rd, the district pulled in law enforcement and the Cass County Communications Center about what happened at the Perry School District. So the situation that involved the, the Perry School District, that's our mind. We had a school threat here. And then just different things that is happening either in Iowa or across the country. It's all got us kind of paying attention what we need to do. Uh, so I met with the principals and they said, we, we have to do something. We, we have a plan in place, a safety plan. We know it will take care of our kids, but we need to be more proactive. Dr. Johnson reported Wednesday school board meeting that she had asked the four building principals to do specific things in the middle school and the high school to organize a group of student leaders to decide how to make the school and the environment safer. They, they can see things, they hear things. We needed to have them to be more actively involved. Johnson says this involves culture, tolerance, and befriending students who feel left out. So it's, it's more inclusion um, that type of practice, but also just evaluating what we do in the building to keep things safe. We probably will be doing some more Alice trainings. But we have to have the kids in place on board to understand the importance of just safety procedures in a building and why we do it. And the elementary building principals involved the parents and explained the Alice training, an acronym for alert, lockdown, inform, counter, and evacuate. I think more parent involvement at that elementary level is is what we need to be doing. We're going to get some good ideas in both settings. So I'm excited to get more involvement from our students and from our, our parents. So we'll see how it goes. Dr. Johnson says a safety committee meeting is scheduled for February 26th when they will hear feedback from students and parent groups. Governor Kim Reynolds has issued an extension of a proclamation that authorizes the use and deployment of all available state resources, supplies, equipment, and materials to continue to assist Dallas County and the Perry community in their response to and recovery from the tragic January 4th shooting at Perry High School. The proclamation extension is effective immediately and continues through March 6, 2024. And the Atlantic School Board voted to table a proposal to add a director of student services to the administrative staff. Atlantic School Superintendent Dr. Beth Johnson presented the proposal to the board on Wednesday. We continue to have different situations that kind of arise. It just kind of gives support for this position. And if you look at the job description, it catches a lot of area between special ed, ESL, our TAG programs, our dropout programs, 504s, uh, even homeschooling, homeless, any of those areas. There's a lot of support, student needs, direction, you know, even help with training of Paris in the special ed program, uh, title program, title in there too, but also include title. According to Johnson, the classroom instructors are managing these areas in addition to their regular teaching duties because of the demands and expectations from the state and federal requirements for reporting. The director of student services would handle all of these responsibilities. School board member Laura McLean questioned the amount of responsibility this job would entail. So um, this looks 
like a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty overwhelmed by the job description and performance responsibilities. Are you, did you take this from like, are lots of other districts have a position like this? And this is a normal scope of work for? I can't say a lot, <laughs> but in the, in the state of Iowa, uh, I would say anytime you're seeing a school district with a population of about, Oh, maybe 1,500 to 2,000 kids and larger, they have this director of student mm -hmm. services. So we're, we're kind of in that same number and ballpark. So we're, we're more than 1,500, we're less than 2,000 students in the district. Because of all of our student needs, population needs, um, we're at that point where we do need somebody to help, help kind of manage, direct, support those different groups. School board member Jody Stillwater-Goodrich would like to see the role defined before the position is advertised. The individual for this position must have an administrative degree and a special education endorsement. The advertisement for the hire would be placed as an action item on the February 28th work session. Meanwhile, school board member Jenny Jordan. Well, it might be interesting to go through all this list of all the things that this, um, the qualifications or that the duties that this person would have be interesting to go through and find out who's doing this right now and maybe it's not even being done and that might point out the need to have somebody like that i mean are things just getting pushed aside pushed because, aside there's, because there's time for it or i didn't know i had to do that or that might be interesting jenny jordan the Ottawa County Courthouse staff is prepping for the temporary move to the Armory to make room for the HVAC construction project. The county will soon sign the lease agreement with the Armory. Ottawa County Supervisor Chairman Heath Hansen says the plan is to begin the move on April 1st. That agreement is that we're going to be going on a monthly basis, the short version is, and uh, because we want to make sure that we leave ourselves time in case the uh, contractors go short or go long. It's a really good price they're giving us. We're going to utilize the space really well. We're going to have the... And the treasurer, recorder, and assessor's office will be temporarily relocated to the armory, along with other people using the space remotely. Then we're looking at moving the clerk of court and the uh, county attorney over to City Hall. And then we're going to be moving the auditor's office, because they have to handle elections. We're going to be moving them down to the... Uh, down to the Memorial Building downtown on the square. And the supervisor entered a general fund loan agreement for $2.8 million courthouse HVAC project. This financial method is a way to borrow money and pay down the debt out of the general fund over 10 years with a debt service levy. He says the payment would be around $200,000 per year, similar to budgeting a repair expense from the general fund. Physical therapist Casey Manili will appear at the February 15th Healthy You session to present information on the LSVT Big one-on-one -on -one training for people with Parkinson's disease or other neurological conditions, emphasizing the quality and largeness of movement. Manili says Parkinson's disease is a progressive disorder that affects the nervous system and the parts of the body controlled by the nerves. Symptoms start slowly. The first symptom may be a barely noticeable tremor in just one hand. Tremors are typical, but the disorder may also cause stiffness or slowing of movement. LSVT Big, it's a collective approach to treating someone with the deficits that come along with Parkinson's, which can include all of those things. Maybe your strength isn't great, your balance. However, it really focuses on one thing, and that is the bigness or the amplitude of movement. So it's, it's working on multiple things, but always coming back to the same cue. Move big, do this bigger, you know, walk bigger, exaggerate those steps, those movements. 
and just seeing it from one perspective rather than trying to jump all over the board and treat different areas individually. So Manili says the acronym LSVT stands for Lee Silverman Voice Treatment, named after the man who developed this as a speech protocol. Where they were working on the volume and the loudness and the enunciation of speech. Mm. And it is also available in a speech population. If you struggle with your speech or your volume during any time of being diagnosed with Parkinson's, there are individuals out there who can do Lee Silverman voice treatment, but then it was further developed to work with the physical impairments that come along with Parkinson's. So balance, slowness of movement, freezing spells, rigidity, all of those things that is kind of that typical presentation. Casey Manili graduated from Creighton University in 2016 with her doctorate in physical therapy. She offers a full spectrum of care within physical therapy, but has a particular interest in neurological disorders, pelvic floor, and pre-postnatal health and acute impatience. The session will be held on February 15th at noon in the conference room at Cass Health. Well, Cass Health was recently named one of the four finalists for the 2023 Rural Hospital Leadership Team Award from the American Hospital Association. The award recognizes smaller rural hospital leadership teams who guide their hospital and community through a change in innovation. The awardees display outstanding leadership, responsiveness to the community, health needs, and a collaborative process that has led to measurable outcomes. Cass Health staff is dedicated to our vision of being the best rural hospital in the country. Meeting that goal means we do a lot of behind-the-scenes work to really delve into our community needs, research solutions, recruit high-quality providers to allow greater access to specialty care, and to invest in our future. We're very proud of our entire team to be one of the finalists for the American Hospital Association Award out of nearly 2,000 rural hospitals. And we hope that many of our Southwest Iowa communities that we serve feel the same way. That's Brett Altman, CEO of Cass Health. Well, the annual Sweetheart Market is coming to the Nation Valley Family YMCA in Atlantic from noon to 3 p.m. this Saturday. Atlantic Chamber Executive Director Bailey Smith says this is something Produce in the Park started a few years ago. To give consumers an opportunity to still utilize local, local foods, mm. local handmade goods, even when the typical Produce in the Park season's not going on. Smith says this local favorite food truck, Zips Pizza, We'll be on site, and the YMCA will set up free bounce houses. Smith says vendors at this year's market offer a variety of local foods, from fresh produce and meat to fresh bread and desserts, craft vendors selling wood products, decorations such as handmade gnomes, crocheted items, jewelry, candles, and more. For the latest information on Sweetheart Market and all Produce in the Park markets, follow Produce in the Park on Facebook or Instagram. I'm Tom Robinson. You have a great afternoon.